Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Dennis Kozlov. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. Good morning, church. Yes. Ah, man. He stole my message today, basically. He stole my thunder. (laughs) Nobody can steal my thunder. All right, right, we're doing this uh, series of messages that we titled uh, Unleashed. Basically, through the year, we do a series of messages, topical, like thematically connected series of messages. And once a year, we do... A series of messages based on a book or a series or, or a set of books in the Bible. And like we have people enjoying both. And this first time, Neil and I have decided to do, you know what, let's, let's just do a series of non-series. Remember Seinfeld? Let's do a show with no show. Like, like it's different. We get a standalone messages and basically we're trying to discern what, what is it that the Lord is like nudging our spirit, our heart to release into the congregation? And so far it's been very good. So Neil shared an amazing two messages about fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And last week he shared on the fellowship of the Holy Spirit as a, as a partnership with the Holy Spirit. As learning to partner with the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit is touching people's hearts. And it was amazing from the beginning to the end. And my friend Stephen Bell and I, who is here today in the audience, we were doing some stuff together last week. And we stepped into the store. And Stephen says, and we are stepping into the store where nobody speaks English. (laughs) And I speak their local language. They speak, they're Muslims from Turkish Muslims that speak Russian somehow. Don't ask me. It's too many, too complicated. Stephen said, I got a word of knowledge. Somebody had a pain in their lower back. Can you translate and ask who it is? And I say, and there are a few people in the store. And I, I talked to this lady who is in front of the cash register. And I said, this is my friend, Stephen. He's American. He doesn't speak Russian. So he has this thing with God. When God speaks to him about certain needs of people, when he comes into the room. And he came into the room. And he said, somebody has this pain that is really bothering them at the lower back of their like, spine. Can you ask, like, anybody of them, like, of these people? She goes, like, that's me. Like, well, that was really cool. So Neil really activated. She, she uh, we offered a prayer, and I wish she would say yes, because we would see healing immediately. But she was so freaked out that we're Christians, and she's Muslim. She said, no, 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 I don't want your prayer. So she had her chance, man. Well, anyway. Okay, so today... Yeah, but God is going to give her many more chances. Don't worry about it. Today's message, as I was preparing for that, the Lord really nudged on my heart to speak to you about something that I spoke many times before, and I will probably speak many times more. In fact, right after, after this series, in November, Neil and I are starting a series of messages that we called Religious Detox. And it's going to be good. Because the reason we called it that is because we naturally drift into religion, into religious mindset. 
But the gospel is not the religion. It doesn't give you the ground to be religious. Actually, it's, it's the, the ultimate antithesis of religion and religious mindset. So we're going to devote the entire two months for that. And it's going to be radical. And I want you, do I have any cards? Hey, guys, I always carry these cards with me. You're invited, the time and address of our church. I personally do that everywhere I go. If I strike up a conversation, and I, if I see even a crack of openness to Jesus, I say, dude, you want to come and hear our, like the message and worship with us because the Spirit of God is it's not a religion. It's a, you come and you will experience something because the Spirit of God is moving here. And you will hear the word that will resonate in you because God speaks on a regular basis in our congregation. So I want you to grab one of those on the way back and have it by faith in your car, in your pocket somewhere. Invite people. Well, anyway, two months in a row we'll be preaching, focusing on the gospel of grace. And please invite your unbelieving friends or people who used to be part of the church and they drifted away or they got offended by church folks and they got scarred by that. So, but today's message is very similar. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you something. Some of you are going to be surprised by that. During those two months, we're going to do an experiment. We're going to switch the order of the service. We're going to deliver the message first and then worship God together. All right, so if you are one of those that always late, <laughs> you're going to be out of context. <laughs> Oops, yeah. And if we like it very much, we might stay this way. So, yeah. All right, so today's message is a kind of a foretaste of those ten, uh, two months of messages. I don't know, ten, ten, ten messages. And it's a reminder. I want to remind you <clears throat> that the heart of our Christian faith is the gospel. And by now, most of you should know how the word gospel translates. How is it translated? Good news. So if you're a Christian and you don't carry something that you would be able to present as a good news to people, <clears throat> you, something's wrong with your Christian faith. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and it's a reminder that the gospel is not only to be treated as an entry point into your life, in, into the life with God, but it's also the way we're supposed to continue our life with God. The gospel, and it's a plumb line revelation that I use many times in my preaching, we really need to get one point clear. The gospel is a good news about the gift of God. It's not something you do. It's something that God has done. The gospel is always a good news about the gift of God. Jesus Christ is this gift of God for you and me. And the gospel is a crazy, amazing invitation to step into this life when God is so real so that you begin to experience Him in your daily walk, in the things you're dealing with, in the things you're struggling with. And uh, this is the power, this is the heart of our Christian faith. And I want you to tell something else. This gift you receive... You receive it as an exchange. And this is not a bargain. We understand exchange is a bargain, right? I have some commodities or service or something that you, you would value. And you've got something that I would value. And we swap, we trade, we bargain, right? The gospel is a different kind of exchange. It's a crazy good exchange. It's an exchange that is hard, 
so good that it's hard to believe it's so good. The essence of this exchange is you bring the worst of your life to God and you exchange it for the best of God for you. That's what the gospel in its essence is. You bring your brokenness and you receive God's wholeness, God's completeness. You bring your sinfulness and you receive God's holiness. You bring your unrighteousness and you receive God's righteousness. This is a crazy exchange. This is the gospel. Uh, and so many people received it originally, initially in the, into their life as a message of a good news years ago. And they were, they were getting full of joy and hope because of this. But as time goes by, they seem to lose this joy, this hope, this, this encouragement of Christian faith. Some kind of a tarnish landed on their Christian walk. And they don't know what's wrong. They know something's wrong, but they don't know what's wrong. And they try different things to renew, to remove this tarnish, and it doesn't work. And usually what happens, preachers tell them, they give them those slapping messages, and they kind of like them. Like, what's wrong with you message? You know? And they say, you got to return to your first love. Remember your first love. Remember. And they say, oh, yeah, I remember my first love. But it was five years ago. And it felt so good. I almost floated above the ground when I received Jesus. When, but now I try. I pray. I read my Bible. And I just can't get there. <clears throat> and some of you might just recently come to the church for the first time. And you experience amazing things. God is touching you. And if you follow the suit of most of the Christians in America in five years, you will lose it. And you will start listening to preachers who give you what's wrong with your message and slap you in the face and say, you got to come back to your first love. And you will say, like, yeah, yeah, I need to come back to my first love. But the problem is that you departed from the gospel. And the reason you departed from the gospel is because the church culture created this mindset that allows you and teaches you subconsciously to move from the initial gift and the crazy exchange into a life of performance when you try to maintain a right facade. They teach you without teaching what are you supposed to be as a Christian, as a poster version of a Christian and you're trying to comply to those high standards of being a Christian and you're not succeeding and you feel like a failure you feel like a hypocrite and you are a hypocrite <laughs> but I want to give you good news today that you don't have to anymore and uh, I want to return us back to this idea that the gospel is a gift of God's grace. His, his goodness, His love, His favor is given to us in Jesus as gift, not as something that you ever could deserve. It's a gift. It's a pure grace of God. And that's how many of us start. But that's not how many of us continue, unfortunately. And my good news to you today that the same way you started, that's how you are to continue as a Christian. Does it make sense? Are you tracking with me? 
So let me read a few passages for you. First found in the book of Isaiah. And last week, Neil actually read something from the New Testament. Jesus, when he came, he had a clear mission in front of him. He said, I have come with a specific person. I am Christ, the anointed. The anointed means commissioned by God to do something. And here's how he described his commission. He said, the Spirit, it's Isaiah 61, verses from 1 through 7. We're going to skip some verses. We're going to uh, stress some verses. Isaiah said, and Jesus repeated, he said, what Isaiah said, that's actually words about me. Here's what both of them said. The Spirit of the Lord. God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. You see, it's an offer to exchange something. Poverty for a good news of not being poor anymore. To bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. So what's on your side? Brokenheartedness. What's on God's side? Binding up your heart, putting it intact together, healing healing your heart he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captive what's on your side when you come to God originally captivity you're not free to live the life God has in mind for you and you bring that crap and you say Lord that's who I am that's what I am that's what I have here I am that's an invitation God says okay I'm taking it I'm giving you my ability to live freely according to God's idea about your life right and we continue and the opening of the prison to those who are bound your bondage is being swapped traded exchange for freedom right and he keeps on saying to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor you live like someone who is very far from the Lord's favor because all those things, broken heart, blindness, sickness, poverty, all of those were signs of being cursed, being not favored by God. And God says, yes, come to me and I'm going to give you God's favor instead. Do you hear me? Isn't that too good to be, like it's hard to believe how good it sounds. But this is the goodness of good news, guys. We're not preaching crappy religion. We're preaching crazy gospel. All right? So uh, he continues to grant those. Oh, listen to this. To, to comfort all who mourn. Comfort instead of mourning. To grant to those who mourn in Zion. To give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. You bring your ashes. God takes them and he gives you a beautiful Headdress, whatever the headdress is, I don't know, maybe baseball hat of that time. Yeah, Ohio State. Right, Neil? <laughs> Neil paid me 25 bucks for saying that. Just kidding. Yeah. So to give them beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of faint spirit. Vain spirit is foreboding spirit. You just don't believe you can succeed in anything. You just feel whatever I try is going to fail because it happened so many times. So uh, I'm going to try to see it fail one more time. That's a foreboding spirit. He says, okay, bring me that. I'll take that. I'll give you anointing and oil of praise. I'm talking about you, dude. You and the gospel. Crazy gift of God's favor that you receive as an exchange 
for the worst of your life, exchanging for the best of God's. Amen? All right, that's how we start. Many of us started this way. Many of us were preached this gospel years ago, and we receive it. It was hard to believe, but our heart began to believe it, and we said, yes, Lord, I want that, and you begin to experience that. And you can see the word instead. We stressed it. We, we underscored it. Instead of mourning, praise instead of faint spirit. So you got the idea of this exchange, and this exchange is confirmed in the New Testament. So Jesus was using this prophecy when he came to say these words are spoken about me. Holy Spirit anointed me to do this exchange in your life. And the initial reception of the gospel is exactly that. And I want to read you one more passage from the New Testament. And it's a famous passage. Matthew 11, 28, 30. The same thing. The same dynamics. The same great exchange. Listen, Jesus says. And right before that, I read the context. Right before that, he said, guys, he's talking to whole cities that did not receive him. He said, I feel so bad that you didn't recognize me. Miracles that took place among you were enough for you to open up your ears and open up your heart and to receive me. And if you would have received me, you would see so much more. But you just were objective observer. Yeah, that's kind of a miracle. Yeah, that's kind of cool. All right, I'll live my life now. Jesus said, you missed your chance. And then he turned to somebody else. And he said, come to me. Oh, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see what's happening here? He's saying the same thing. Come to me with worst of your life right now. And I'll exchange it with the best of my life. Do you see that? So those guys who just observed and never received him, they were self-sufficient in whatever the ways they lived. But he is turning to different kind of people. And he said, guys, those of you who already acknowledge that you are not okay, come to me now. Come to me now and bring your not okayness to me. And I'm going to replace it with something good. And that's the kind of people Jesus likes to talk to personally. And that's you, my friend. And that's how you started. Many of you started your Christian life. But here's the good, good news that I have for you today. And this is not just for unbelievers. This is not just for somebody who doesn't know the Lord, doesn't know the Bible, doesn't know anything about the church. It's for you, my friend. I don't care how many years you're a Christian. I'm going to read you a verse from Apostle Paul. And it's, it's, it's found in the book of Colossians. And it sounds so insignificant, so you can easily like skip over it and without, without really reading and paying attention to that. But I want you to stop, slow down, and pay attention to what he says here. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. Paul says, Therefore... He is giving a summary. As you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him. 
rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith. What faith? In Him, in Jesus. Just as you were taught back in the beginning, abounding in thanksgiving. Do you see the dynamic? This is, this is the greatest secret of how not to become a religious dead person, but to continue to be joyous, fruitful person who received Jesus and that gift of God is still fresh in your life. Just like you did it in the beginning, that's how you to walk in Him. Just like you exchanged in the beginning your whatever you brought to Him that is not of God, and He began to re replace it and exchange it with the best of Him. Hey guys, here's my good news. You are to continue to do that. Last week, Bunch of men from this church, we went to men's retreat. I wish more men were be, uh, would, would be able to come. And we hope to do it in the future again. And by the end of this time, and the, the messages that Neil and I chose for the guys were kind of a guy's kind of messages. It was kind of a telling you the truth in love that will make you uncomfortable, but you would either recognize it and <laughs> experience deeper walk with God, or you would feel really uncomfortable and close up. By the end of this time, those guys, some of them, there was a big guy there with a deep voice like American actor Goodman. Like, blah, 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 blah. And he was like in tears. He was in tears. And he said, guys, I can't believe how raw it is and how real it is. And I can't believe that it's so deliberating to finally acknowledge that it's okay not to be okay as a Christian. Do you hear me? Do you see the problem? In the beginning, they told you it's okay not to be okay. Come to Jesus. And you did. And you had amazing experience. Two years later, five years later, you're here. And for some reason, you don't believe it's anymore okay for you not to be okay. You think that you're supposed to maintain somehow... There should be no brokenness in you anymore. Somehow it will be too shocking if you would say you're depressed or feel empty or angry or lustful or addicted to porn or whatever. But it's okay, my friend. It's okay. It's actually the only way for you to realize that you're not okay. Even as a Christian. Even as a like 10-year-old in the Lord or 20-year-old in the Lord. There are seasons and times in your life when you're just broken again, when you're just empty, when you're just angry, and you're not okay, and you know. You know what it is? It's a call of Jesus not to do anything in that moment. Just don't do your Christian crappy performance thing. Don't. Just stop. Just stop where you are. If you have a chair, sit in the chair. If you don't, lay on the ground. Just stop. Because usually what happens... You try to suppress that thing. You try to hide that thing. Whatever it is. But it's pain. And you can't ignore pain. And then you try to medicate it. And whatever sins you end up doing and then feeling bad and shameful about them is just because you have pain that you don't recognize as such. You don't bring to Jesus. But you try to medicate with something. Do you hear me? And then you feel even worse. Because they're so unchristian now. Start right there. As soon as you feel like, I'm, I don't feel Christian today. I don't feel loving. I don't, I, 
I know if I start talking right this moment, I'm going to offend people. I'm going to be acting like a jerk. I know myself. Just stop. Right there. <laughs> and come to Jesus, dude. Come to Jesus that moment. Come to Jesus, please. Oh, I've been a Christian for 35 years. I don't care. You live in a broken world. You still have a broken parts in you. You still feel pain and emptiness. You're created as an empty vessel to be filled. And Jesus' blood washed you and made you clean. But you're still a broken vessel. Broken container that doesn't hold God's spirit for a long time too well. And you get to the point like, oh, just last week I felt like I'm almost Jesus or Peter or something. God was healing through me. God was speaking through me. I could hear his voice. I felt so great. And now it's seven days later and you feel like a piece of turd. And you try to polish it. Stop. Replace. Exchange. You hear me? Don't feel uncomfortable when your brother all of a sudden tells you, like, I'm not okay. In fact, if you gained enough trust with your Christian brother and sister, they will open up to you and they will tell you painful things about themselves. Don't be shocked. Don't go this. <laughs> I thought you were a strong Christian. Let's have a culture of reality, of God's gift, and a crazy exchange of your shame, your poverty, your brokenness, your emptiness for His Spirit, for His riches, for His righteousness, for His gift. And it's a gift of God. You have nothing to do with trying to earn it. Do you hear me, people? Religious mindset is such that, yes, you might have started with the gift of God, with the grace of God, but you are to learn to continue to reform your life so your efforts would be the basis of proportional blessings of God coming into your life. That's a, that's a bullcrap. Thank you very much. It's a bullcrap. It has nothing to do with the gospel. That's how you make people religious. You teach them principles, how to prime, up, prime the pump. How to, to put enough efforts so that God would recognize your efforts to reform your life. And to start, you know, giving His blessings in His favor proportionally. That's not the gospel. The gospel you receive, you bring your crap, you receive the riches. How, how else can I tell you in a more simple way? Christian life, Christian living is not a reformed living. It's an exchange living. That's the power of the gospel. And the cool thing, you don't just start there. That's how you are to continue. That's how we continue. So don't be shocked. And don't be afraid. If you have enough trust with your Christian and brother, share. Share your struggles. Don't worry. It's okay. It's actually good for them to hear that. It was so good for that guy in that men's retreat. Like, my goodness, it's so real. It's so raw. I, I still hearing like, hey, this trip was like life changing. And all we did, we just were honest with ourselves. I can give you in one second the content of that 
retreat. We told people, life sucks. Can I hear an amen? That was message number one. Message number two, you're not that important. Message number three, you're going to die. And it's real. You have expiration date. And you have a mandate from God. You know what mandate spells like? Mandate. Yeah, God has unlimited options, like unlimited, you know, he has tons of patience. He gives you like chance after chance after chance after chance after. But you have an expiration date. Well, anyway, I just took you to men's retreat. Short version. <laughs> All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with two passages. One I've already read to you. So please check yourself on a regular basis. Check yourself on a regular basis. Even when you do communion. Communion is a beautiful thing. When you remind yourself about the gift of God and this crazy exchange you will never graduate from that you should never drift from that and the, the, the reason I'm addressing that today is because yes hardships of life can make you drift from being focused on the main thing to be the main thing but unfortunately Christian culture a lot of churches a lot of messages a lot of Christian books and programs they do that they take you away from the gospel into religious walking. And they set you on a path of destruction. So don't get yourself to this bad, bad state when you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm a... Just learn to come to Jesus. Just like he says, you know, come unto me, everyone who is heavy laden, fatigued, burned. And that's some of you right now. Come to Jesus. If you've never come to Jesus, you only experience church and singing songs and prayers. You never open up your mouth and say, Jesus, here I come. Here's all, I, all, all, all the things that are not of you. Take them, please. Give me yourself. So I'm finishing. I said everything I wanted to tell you. The heart of Christian faith is the gift of God, the good news of the gift of God. That gift of God is received in exchange, crazy exchange. And here's the good news for Christians. It's not the beginning. It's how you continue and that's how you finish well. And it's okay not to be okay. All right? I'm going to read to you James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, James says, confess your sins to each other. Whoa. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. Do you hear that? There's a healing in this openness and transparency and being raw and being real and just recognizing that you're not okay on a regular basis. Do you hear me? Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. Listen, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. James, which is it? Do we to confess? Are we to confess our sins? Or are we supposed to like have some righteous people among us? He said, yes, both. Because your righteousness is not your righteousness. Your righteousness is not the one that you build up and maintain by fasting, reading the Bible, praying. Your righteousness is the gift of God that you received in exchange for your crap, right? And you use this righteousness to be bold in front of God, knowing that you've got His favor, and He listens to your prayers, 
and he answers your prayers because you are righteous. You're a messed up, righteous, holy person. Just remember that. You remember that through your Christian life, through this week. And I'm going to finish the way I started. I'm going to read this verse again for you to be impressed with that. Colossians 2 verses 6 through 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. As you received Him once, so walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. And established in the faith, and I say in Him. Just as you were taught in the beginning. Don't drift away. Don't graduate from that abounding in thanksgiving because your life becomes an anthem of thanksgiving to God because you live in His favor and you don't deserve it. You just consume it. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.